Good morning. Good morning. Good to see all of you here. Let me give you a couple of quick announcements as I welcome you. This, um, first of all, I want to remind you that uh, today there is a meeting in the nominations committee at 4 o'clock. We'll meet in the same school classroom over in the sanctuary building. Don't forget if you have a prayer request, if you'll raise your hand and Wayne is our, will bring you a prayer card. Now coming up, mark this on your calendars because coming up on September the 17th is our annual pancake supper. This is the United Methodist Men's, um, uh, one of their fundraisers every year and it's uh, a good time to come out and fellowship, have a pancake supper. Uh, that is September the 17th at 5.30 p.m. And uh, you should see more about that in the, in the bulletin. Our, and also mark your calendars for another special date. This year, the annual children's Sabbath service, uh, which is when the children will lead us in worship. And uh, it's the combined service. It's the fifth Sunday combined service that we have here at Memorial, which is September the 29th. September 29th, last Sunday of this month. And so what we do is we're going to come together in the sanctuary for 10 o'clock worship, led by our children. And then afterwards is a covered dish uh, lunch. Meat and drinks will be provided by the church. Bring a side dish to share. This is uh, coming up now on, on uh, Sunday, September 29th. That's the last Sunday of this month. Now for tonight, remember... Mission kids, preschool through elementary, continue to meet. Uh, they're meeting in the sanctuary from 5.30 to 7 each Sunday night to prepare for the special children's Sabbath. So it's not too late if you've not been coming to come and be part of that. Katie and Cindy uh, will be uh, conducting that. All right. Any other, any other announcements we have? Is that it? Is that all we got? Okay. Good. Let us begin our worship. Let's stand and sing. Every now and then, it's a great idea just to look back at some of the hymns from our Methodist hymnal, and even in this service to sing some of those hymns, and these are some of our favorite ones this morning. Andy is out of town. He is on, um, he's in class this weekend for his uh, MDiv, for his Master's of Divinity. So we're going to resort back to our old hymnal this morning, and I'm really excited about it. So let's sing some hymns. This start with Shirley the Presence. Fresh of angels wings. 
we strive to do that this morning. We strive to have your glory on our faces. Lord, fill us up. Fill us up with you so that only you shine through us to the world. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity just to come and to be one with you and one with all of your fellow believers. Lord, we just focus on you this morning. We cast everything aside, and we welcome your presence in this place. In your name I pray. Amen. Tell them good morning. And children, come to the carpet for children's moments. morning everybody I'm glad you're here this morning y'all have a good week at school good all right 
Well, I brought a couple things from our house to show you today. Everybody know what that is, right? A basketball. It's a little one. I didn't have enough room for a great big one. And this right here, it's a piano book. Does anybody here take piano or? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. You're probably wondering why I brought these two things. They're pretty different, aren't they? Well, they're part of an important story I'm going to tell you today about a little girl named Katie. And Katie is about the age of some of you. Katie faced a very difficult decision. Many of her friends had signed up to play basketball. And Katie liked to play basketball, too. She wanted to be with her friends, but she also liked to play the piano. And she had been taking piano lessons for a couple of years. Basketball practice was at the same time as her piano lesson. And playing basketball would take away from the time she needed to practice the piano. There was just no way she could do both. Have you guys ever had that happen? Had to make a decision like that? Well, she was wondering what she should do. Should she play basketball with her friends? Or should she finish what she had started and continue with her piano lessons? Finally, Katie came up with an idea. She sat down with a sheet of paper and she drew a line down the center of the page. At the top of the page on one side of the line she wrote piano and on the other side of the line she wrote basketball. Below the word basketball she wrote all of the advantages of playing basketball with her friends. And below the word piano she wrote all of the advantages of being able to play the piano. After she considered all of the advantages and disadvantages of each choice she made her decision. She decided to continue playing the piano. After all, she could still see her friends at school, and playing the piano was something she could enjoy for the rest of her life. We all face important decisions in life, and the most important decision we face is whether we will follow Jesus or not. Perhaps you might say, oh, that's an easy decision. Of course I follow Jesus. But Jesus warned us that it's not always easy to follow him. He said that we should sit down and count the cost. Will we choose to follow him if it means giving up friends who are making bad choices? Will we choose to follow him if it means that we will never live in a great big house or drive a fancy car? Jesus said, anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Where did Jesus carry his cross? Anybody remember? You remember? He did, and he carried it to Calvary. It was on that cross that Jesus gave his life, said that you and I could have everlasting life. When we choose to, ch to carry our cross, it means we're willing to give up everything to follow Jesus. It's a choice that we all have to make. If you'll bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Jesus, we thank you for being willing to carry your cross to Calvary. Help us to make the choice to take our cross and follow you always. Amen. And before you leave, I have a little cross for you that I want you to wear and remember and help that maybe will help you to make your choice. Okay?
We have, um, let me give you a, a praise report and a prayer request. The um, praise report is that we brought into the world a new little life called Ella Grace Call, who is my sixth grandchild and number two granddaughter. It's our daughter over in Rock Hill. And uh, she was, uh, the baby was fine, the mama's fine, and, and we're, we rejoice in uh, this new birth in our family. Um, also, though, I'd like for you to pray. I don't know if this what brought it on or not, the stress of this, but uh, Pastor Brenda has uh, polymyalgia with giant cells. She's diagnosed with that several years ago. Anyway, every so often she has a bad flare-up of it, and she has, is currently having a very bad flare-up of it. Up of it. Uh, but a trooper she is. She went on to, to her church this morning, but she will be in the doctor's office first thing tomorrow. But I want you to remember Pastor Brenda in your prayers. Also, I want you to remember Brendan who passed away seven years ago today. Let us pray. Oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these five people. Oh Lord, you have searched us, you've known us, you, and, and yet you still call us to come and be part of your kingdom, of your family. And from the beginning of our life, we have been surrounded by love of, of parents and friends and the church. And each one of these things have helped sustain us each day. And so we come back before you this day, O oh Lord, to worship you, to offer our thanksgivings, our praise, and also to confess our sins and to seek your favor with our petitions. Uh, we do confess, O oh Lord, that uh, it's, we, we quickly uh, ask uh, for ourselves and, and then we quickly uh, go about our life as if you don't exist. Lord, when, when we don't take up uh, your banner in a fullness of discipleship, when we don't realize all that it takes for us to, to identify and to choose uh, Christ in our life, through our, through our, in our community, in our world. Uh, those times that we've rejected you, O oh Lord, are not for you. We ask your forgiveness. Uh, shape us, O oh God, and form us into the image that we were made to be so that we might give delight to you and to others. And may your Holy Spirit enable us to bring encouragement to others. Help us to know that we have been freed by your grace and so we have the strength not to look back or to look at those things that, uh, have a, that cause us to, to be less than what we should be, but that we can look forward and be transformed by you as our yielding every day of our, our wills to your uh, gracious leading. And so we thank you, O oh God, for this, and we pray, O oh Lord, for uh, all those that we've uh, already said with our voices. And we pray now, O oh God, and lift up to you those that are dear to us in the silence of our hearts. And we pray, O oh God, for those who are on our, our prayer list, uh, published prayer list in our bulletins. So we pray, O oh Lord, that, in, in, that you would receive into your care uh, all those that we have named and that you would extend your hand of healing to, to those who are sick, your peace to those who are troubled, your strength to those who are weak, and you'd give all of us uh, strengthened spirits and hearts to accept your will. 
So we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us together to say these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Pass the salt. What's the scripture that I have? Can you click on into the next description. That's okay. All right, that's good. I had written down a different one, but I put a different one in my Bible. I've got that one in the Bible. That's the one I want. Okay. This is Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 34 through 35. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Oh Lord, thank you for <clears throat> reminding us that we are to be salty Christians. And help us to understand all that that means. Through the power of the Holy Spirit this day. Amen. I'm a little bit of a history buff. I'm honored in uh, history, um, and uh, one of the my kind of things I like to think about and talk about, look about, is the Civil War, and I know many other people do too. On October the 2nd, 1864, actually, which is, you know, three years into the war, one of the worst battles occurred uh, in, the, in the Civil War. Uh, uh, 2,800 Confederate soldiers defended against the attack by 4,500 Union soldiers. Uh, and in this very tense, bloody battle was fought over a place called Saltville, Virginia. Saltville, Virginia at the time was the largest supplier of salt to the Confederate Army. Now, why was this so important? That, the, that this, this, why would this place be so important? Well, now listen to this. I, I guarantee you, I'm going to tell you something you did not know about salt. First of all, 40 million tons of salt are used every year in our country. In the ancient times in Greece, the, the salt was exchanged for work, and it gave rise to exp an expression that you've probably used yourself, not worth his salt. Special salt rations were given to the Roman soldiers. These were known as salarium argentums, which is the forerunner of the English word salary, your salary. And, and the human body contains just four ounces of salt. But without that salt, muscles won't contract, uh, blood won't circulate, food won't digest, and the heart will not beat one beat. In other words, salt is the essence of life. And so Jesus has said to us other places in the scripture before he said this, that you are the salt of the earth, talking about you believers. Now what did he mean by that? 
He means that your character is very, very important. And your character is like salt. The way salt acts, your character can act upon the world. And a salty character uh, will have some effects. The same effects, really, that salt has. Now, salt adds flavoring. Salt acts as a preservative. Salt melts ice and salt heals wounds. So if you think about yourself as a salty Christian, uh, it's important to know that your, one, of your roles is a, one of your roles in your character is to add flavoring to things. But it doesn't take a lot to add flavoring to food, does it? If you add too much salt, it becomes inedible. Uh, salt is a really interesting mineral, and I think it's interesting that the Lord compared us to salt. Uh, you know, the saltiest product on McDonald's menu is not the fries, it's the milkshakes, because salt makes a sweet thing taste sweeter. So too much salt can make you sick, yet without salt you would die. So Christ is telling us that we must be salt uh, to the earth, but we must be using our salt, our character, in just the right quantity. And as small as we might seem against the world, uh, system, the power of God working through us can do a lot to change the world. And if you think about it in Scripture, there's many times when it didn't take but a whole lot to do something great. For example, uh, Jesus fed the multitude with a few fish and loaves of bread. Paul said that when I'm weak, is I'm really strong. Just living in obedience to God is all the flavoring needed uh, to change the world for God. It doesn't take much. So it doesn't, we don't have to be, every person in the world doesn't have to be, I would love it if they were, but every person in the world doesn't have to, to be a Christian. As long as the Christians are being salty Christians and with their character, uh, they are affecting uh, things in a positive way. It's important for you to know that a salty Christian adds just enough flavoring uh, to the world around them. Not too much, just enough, enough to make a difference. Now the second thing I want you to think about with a salty character is this, is that salt, as I had said, uh, also is a preservative. Now in Jesus' day, salt was used, for example, on newborn babies. They were rubbed with salt. Uh, a grain of salt was placed in a tooth cavity for, to help with the toothache. One of the most extensive uses of salt, of course, was preserving meat and fish. And a primary uh, source of salt was the Dead Sea in Israel. Now, nothing was known about refining salt in those days, so it was difficult to tell the difference between the salt and the white sand on the shores of the Dead Sea. So the substance that was called salt back in those days was a mixture of sand and salt. And when it was more sand than salt, it had lost its flavor. And therefore, as Jesus said, it was good for nothing, only to be cast out. So it's important to know that we are probably a mixture of salt and sand in a way, in the way that we approach things and act in our character. But as the salt side is stronger, we have more influence, as I just said, but we will also be a preservative, if you will, for the rest of the world. In other words, if it weren't for salty believers, if it wasn't for Christians who have a salty character, 
This world would be completely filled, I believe, with corruption and decay. However, that's not the case because it takes just a few flavorful, salty Christians uh, who work with the power of the Holy Spirit and, and they are preserving they are preserving the world today. I truly believe that total collapse of society uh, is being held at bay because of the influence of Christians and their character, the salty Christians and their character. A third thing I want you to think about is your, as you uh, think about your character as being a salty character, as your character for, as Christians, is that salt melts ice. Now think about that. Uh, one of the interesting things about salt is that when it's used, it dissipates. In other words, it's used, you don't see it once it's being used. For example, if you put salt in prepared food, it makes its contribution, and then you don't see it anymore. So when it's used in various chemical processes, it dissipates after fulfilling its purpose. Salt used on an icy highway makes winter travel safe, then it disappears. So in the same way, Christians who are the salt of the earth don't hesitate to give of themselves without needing to be seen. As we take on the character of salt, one of two things will occur. Our conduct will help melt cold hearts. Our character will bring an indictment against those who have turned away. For example, on a cold winter day, a stream can be frozen solid. The sun comes up and reaches its pinnacle, and then it performs two feats to the frozen stream at the same time. One, on one hand, it melts the ice, causing the water to flow again. But on the other hand, it also dries out the clay banks, causing them to harden. Now think about this. Likewise, some people are going to be melted by your saltiness in Christ while others will be hardened by it. God wants us to bring the salt, the salt and the light to the world and let God decide the judgment. But our role is to bring the salt, the character, uh, the Christian character into and the light of Christ into people's lives. And like I said, it will either melt them or harden them. But Christ will decide the judgment. And fourth and finally, salt heals wounds, as I'd already mentioned. Ancient remedies uh, for lacerated wounds include pouring salt as an antiseptic. You know, many people are cut to the quick by sin, and the only remedy is the character of a salty Christian. The impact of a spirit-filled believer, I believe, is life-changing uh, upon people who are not Christians. And the great commission that the Lord gave us still stands today. It hasn't gone away. We are still supposed to go and make disciples for Christ. So how do we bind up those out there in the world who are brokenhearted? Uh, we have to present them the cure. And the cure is to bring this salt and light into the world. The cure is, was obtained by Jesus when he died on the cross for our sins. The cure is administered when his people uh, carry forth the salt to set the captives free. So it's important for us to know that we have within ourselves as salty Christians uh, four uh, characteristics uh, that we can bring to the world wherever we are, whether we're at 
at, at not just in church but outside of church and that's these things our character can flavor life now think about that it can make a change in the situation it can flavor life it preserves i believe the world from total decay and it melts cold hearts and it ministers grace to the wounded those are the four effects that a salty christian has upon the world in the early days of the church ever so often the people would come together and those christians who had fallen away from the faith before they could be received back into the fellowship they had to lie on the ground and they had to say these words trample on me for i am salt that has lost its saltiness uh, recognizing that it was really important that their character uh, was used uh, by Christ in these ways. So the thing is, have we lost our saltiness? That's a good question, I think, for us to ask each other every day, ask ourselves every day. If we've lost our saltiness, then we have become, like Jesus said, something for the manure pile. We're, we're, we're worthless. So if we, if we have lost our saltiness, but there is a remedy to that. You can come back to the source. You can come back to Christ and realize that you are the salt of the earth, that you have a role to be the salt of the earth, the lifeblood of the earth. And these characteristics are so important. Now more than ever, we need people to be salty Christians. Uh, we need them to add uh, flavor uh, to life so that life can be lived abundantly. We, we need to stem the tide of decay in society uh, we do not won't even contemplate uh, what the world would be like if there wasn't a restrained influence of the Holy Spirit through Christians. We, we want to remember that we have a role to melt hard hearts and to bring people into, the, into this wonderful place of forgiveness. And we have this role to offer grace to those who've been wounded through life uh, by various reasons. So remember, we need more than ever uh, for each one of you to be salty Christians, not just in church, but outside the church in the world so that more people can learn to live abundantly and we can stem the tide of decay in our society. Amen. Let us stand and affirm our faith. <clears throat> Let us join our voices together. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, and life and death and life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Let our ushers come forward now as we receive our offerings.
stand and let's sing together. of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit, they may be yours each day. Amen. 